Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Bucket List Gamers podcast. I'm Jay and I'm once again joined by Eddie. Hello. And today we are discussing three different Sonic games that are on the list, although we've already pre-decided we're just going to talk about Sonic in general for for an hour and then rate the three games at the end pretty much because there's not much you can say about them individually, but there's quite a lot you can say about the franchise. So yeah, how are you feeling about doing Sonic on Unlucky Episode 13? I mean, everything's going to go wrong, you can guarantee it. The sound's going to cut out, the wi is going to dip. Um, it's, it's, you're not going to be able to snip any of it together. It's going to sound horrific. Um, but with regards to Sonic, he was one of the first games I ever played and owned, I think, because my fir- one of my first consoles was a Mega Drive. So I, I was, yeah, Sonic, I think I got it with Sonic because um, I think it was a packaging uh, with the console and it was all I played. Yeah, it replaced Altered Beast, didn't it? It was Altered Beast first with the Mega Drive, and then it got replaced by Sonic when they realised that it was quite a lot of buzz for Sonic and they could shift consoles with it. Uh, yeah, I've always been Sega rather than Nintendo. Not Obviously not so much now because it doesn't exist like it used to exist, but I was always in my youth a, a Sega rather than a Nintendo person. I had, as I've said before, I had a Game Gear, which was, for those not, uh, up to speed with it, it was basically a, a master system crushed into a handheld with a lot of terrible screen crushing in a lot of games but some of them worked out fairly well and Sonic was one that worked really well on the Game Gear um, I think I was the same, I think I got Sonic 1 with the Game Gear and it was a completely different game to the Mega Drive Sonic 1, in fact I think all the Game Gear ones are completely different, I don't think there's a single one that's even remotely close to what was out on Mega Drive at the time, and followed quite a different pattern to the the quality of the Mega Drive one, shall we say, but I'll come to that when we, we branch off onto Game Gear a bit later on. So yeah, for me, Sonic 1 was a play at a friend's house, the Mega Drive version, because I didn't have a Mega Drive, but I did play a lot of it, because I think pretty much all my friends that had a Mega Drive had Sonic 1, like you say. And then Sonic 2 was obviously the big the big hit that came. It wasn't that long after, was it? Only a year later, they did Sonic 2, and they went really overboard with the advertising from what I remember. It was pretty much everywhere. They were doing like events and the people were dressing up in terrible Sonic and Tails costumes and standing around in, in shopping centres and all that kind of thing to promote it. But with good cause in the end because it is an absolutely cracking game and improves on the first one pretty much everywhere. I mean, I know we said we weren't going to talk about them specifically as much, but objectively if you go back and play Sonic 1 now not the best game for for a game that's designed around speed and moving quickly from one end of it to the other sonic one's not really built for that in a lot of the levels no um you do find yourself running into springs over and over and over again because the screen really struggles to keep up with you um or you end up getting you end up not quite pressing jump as enthusiastically as the console would like you to, and it ends up just chucking you down a pit of uh, spikes and you lose a life, or you end up shooting off the top of the screen and just sitting there for a couple of seconds while Sonic is completely off screen, you don't know where he's going to come back down, and he eventually does just drop back onto screen. I find it bizarre that they, they did go with the whole gotta go fast thing when... Not much could have kept up with it, to be honest. I mean, a lot of games at the time were quite slow. 
really, and to try and do gotta go fast on a console that could barely do gotta go average walking pace. Um, is it? I mean, props to Sega. Um, but yeah, odd. I think it was it was a marketing thing, wasn't it? Because Mario was quite slow in in like his movements along a level, and they were trying to push the blast processing in air quotes of Nintendo by basically going, oh, we've got a much faster mascot than, uh, of Sega, sorry, saying we've got a much faster mascot than Nintendo has, and that's because our console can do much more because it's got blast processing, and then you sort of play it and you think, oh, yeah, he can go quite fast, but we can't keep up with him. And then that's when you sort of see the, the limitations of it. I think the other problem as well is that Green Hill Zone is quite well designed for speed, so you can whiz through Green Hill Zone quite well. You get into the second set of stages. I can't remember what they're called, but it's the ones where there's a lot of lava and the, the floor sort of sinks into it. And you, I mean, parts of that level, you double back on yourself and you wait in for floating platforms. And it's quite precise platforming through those, like, uh, the temples or your underground. And that's not really what the game's about. So you get the first set of stages where it is all speed and you sort of get, oh, this is going to be a fast-paced game. And then literally the second three set of stages, you're limited by waiting for platforms or waiting for those big spiked things to drop down so you can jump on top of them and get down. And it suckers you in a bit with Green Hill Zone. And then a lot of the other stages aren't really built around that speed element after that, which I think is what Sonic 2 really improved upon because you got obviously chemical plant is the one that everyone thinks of when they think of sonic 2 and that is designed to go fast for the majority of it there are a couple of bits where you get stuck underwater and you have to climb those moving squares that rotate around themselves and the pressure of trying to get up them before you drowned is like phenomenal but other than that i think yeah sonic 2 is designed with getting from side a of the screen to side b of the screen as quickly as you possibly can and i think that's what the sonic game should be about when they're in 2d at least yeah um sonic 2 um i never actually had i i literally skipped an entire gen with it so i went sonic 1 and then sonic 3 for some reason don't know why but i just did um but yeah the water levels oh the the music as it slowly ramps up as you're running out of air. Yeah, um, that that is a tense time as a kid. <laughs> Desperately trying to find the next air bubble. Yeah, it was saying that Sonic 1 on Game Gear has a water level. Um, because it follows similar beats to Sonic 1 on Mega Drive, but slightly different. So there's a, a level on the Game Gear Sonic 1, which is a site, which is a one where it pushes you along like an auto-scroller. It's called The Bridge. And yeah, it's unlike anything you see in any other Sonic game, it is an auto-scroller, so you have to keep ahead of the screen that's constantly pushing you along. But it's great, and the music on that level is fantastic as well. If you can find that music on YouTube, go and have a listen to it, because it might be a nostalgia thing for me, but it's just really well-written. And all the music in the majority of Sonic games are. Sonic 1 on Game Gear, though, to get that sort of Game Gear-y sound to make the sounds that it does on that game is fantastic the jungle level as well the music's brilliant on that so yeah it follows similar beats to to the mega drive one but uh the underwater one in particular is i'd say about 80 percent underwater it's not like you can run along the top and then every so often you fall into a pool you're underwater for the majority of that level 
and yeah, waiting for one of those air pockets to actually release a bubble because they don't just come out constantly. There's like a good two or three seconds between each air bubble. And if you haven't got two or three seconds left, you sort of just stood there hoping and praying that one's going to come out and you'll like absorb the air and it doesn't. And then you have to start again. And yeah, as a child, that was one of the first experiences of stress I think I probably had in trying to navigate those underwater sections with that music playing and just hoping a bubble will appear before you or you'll be able to get to some sort of surface just to get out of it and and you sort of you never did and I think the water level on Sonic 1 was the point where I died the most it's one I finished quite a lot I never finished it with all the Chaos Emeralds because they were really hard to find on that game but I finished the game quite a lot. But yeah, most of my playthroughs that Dad didn't finish it would have ended on that underwater level, I would think. Yeah. Um, to go back to what you said about the music, though, it is so iconic. It is up there with like Mario, the initial Mario theme from the first level. The majority of Sonic levels you will have heard, but Green Hill Zone, obviously, and the intro sequence. Um, yeah, apparently... If I may be misremembering this, but did Michael Jackson do like? Yeah, was he involved in the soundtrack for three or something like that? Sonic Three. It wasn't ever credited, and there's a lot of debate as to whether he actually was or he wasn't. But you listen to the music from Sonic Three, and I would be absolutely amazed if he wasn't involved in it because it's so different to anything that came before it but in a similar style, but it's just got, there's something Michael Jackson-y about it when you listen to it, and I'm not, there's no jokes there, I'm not going into that, but there's something very Michael Jackson-y about how the music plays, and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he did. I don't think it's ever been 100% confirmed, I could be wrong, it might have been confirmed by somebody by now, but yeah, that was always the rumour, and you just listen to it and you think, yeah, it makes sense that that he did some of these songs. Um, but yeah, Sonic 3 is probably not my favourite music. I do enjoy it all, but for me, Sonic 1 on the Game Gear, just because of how many times I've heard it, and then probably Sonic 2 on the Mega Drive, because you've got Chemical Plant, you've got the the casino level on Sonic 2. Yeah. That one's quite iconic. And then you've got Sonic CD, which has got, some absolutely there's two versions there's european and japanese for sonic cd because they changed the whole soundtrack pretty much and both are really good and i don't know which one i grew up with because i had it for pc rather than for i think it was saturn wasn't it it came out on so i don't know what version was on the pc one and they both have i must have played both because they both sound quite familiar to me when i play it now but there's one I think it's the boss music on the Japanese one that's got this like horrible haunting laugh in the background of it. I don't know if you ever heard it, but it's like a booming, cackling laugh. And when you got to, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it scared me because I was a bit older by that point. But if I'd have been much younger, I think that music would have scared me because it's it's quite haunting. Like after this, if you, uh, it's Sonic CD boss music, and I think it's the Japanese one. And it's the one they use on that, I don't know if you've ever seen that, the creepypasta screen with the like haunted, horrible Sonic face. It's the music that plays in the background of that, but that is legitimate Sonic music. Oh. Um, and it's horrible. But it does, it does set the tone really well for the boss fights, especially if you're in the future version. 
that's all like desolate and and wrecked, then yeah, it's um it's quite good. So that again, that's got its own decent music. It's got its own brilliant intro as well, like the animated start of Sonic CD, where he's running up the chain to the the like tiny planet that's been shackled to Mobius or whatever it is. So yeah, that I was quite the Sonic fan growing up, as you can probably tell, and I tried to have as many Sonic games as I could. So I had everything for Game Gear at the time. Anything that came out on PC, I also got. And then when I later invested in other uh, Sega consoles, Dreamcast, Mega Drives, that kind of thing, started building that collection up for those as well. But yeah, primarily for me, it was Game Gear. And I've, I've played some awful Sonic games as a result because there are some terrible ones on Game Gear. that uh, Sonic Labyrinth in particular is terrible. It's it's like a semi three D, um, you know, like Flicky's Island, that kind of angle. Yeah. But you're roaming around like weird levels, just made of treadmills and floating platforms, and you have to traverse it all and find a key to go through a gate to get to the next level. And I'm ninety nine percent sure there's a point in it where you can't go any further, because I've scoured the level top to bottom and I can never find the key to carry on. So it's almost like it's soft locks. And I don't know whether it's just because I've missed something, but I played that game a lot as a kid because, as we've said, when you got a game when you were that age, you played it whether you liked it or not. So I played that game a lot, and I could never get past this specific level. And I'd love to know whether it was me or whether that game was just broken and no one ever bothered to fix it. Yeah, they had a lot of weird spin-offs as well, didn't they? Like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine and... <laughs> Which is just Puyo Puyo, yeah, basically, but with Robotnik on it. And incredibly difficult. I tried to play it recently. I can only get past about two levels, and then the computer just batters me every single time. And I'm not terrible at those kind of games, but it just, yeah, I can't really do anything with that one. And was there a Sonic 3D as well, which was the pseudo 3D thing? That was the Flicky's Island one, wasn't it? Uh, Where you run around collect, collecting birds and then sending them through a portal because reasons. But yeah, I, I never liked that one either. I was excited when I heard there was a Sonic 3D game coming out and then I played it once and I was like, I don't have a Saturn and I have no intention of getting one to play this. And that was that was the end of that. Yeah, it was weird 3D as well, wasn't it? Because it, was like, it was sort of Crash where you run... Out of the sorry, away from the screen, sort of thing. But then the level sort of tilted with you, like Super Monkey Ball. It was odd. It was isometric, I think, wasn't it? So you were sort of up and to the side ever so slightly, running round, not very well designed platforms. They've actually released recently. Uh, the guy who made it has released like a fixed version of it for people to play, where he's changed all the bits that he wanted to do originally but didn't get time or didn't get permission and that plays a lot nicer it's still not the best sonic game but it's better than it was i mean it's never going to be the worst sonic game there's far too many out there fighting it out for that one but i'm sure we'll come to that shortly we'll keep the the atmosphere high for a few more minutes and talk about some more good sonic games so yeah sonic 3 and knuckles which is 73 on this list so it is the lowest of the three we're looking at today so We'll talk about that now and then go on to the other two. One of my favourites, I had it for PC rather than Mega Drive, because Mega Drive was the weird clip two cartridges together thing, wasn't it? Because it was, for those who aren't aware, it was going to be one game, 
Sonic 3 and Knuckles. It was just going to be Sonic 3. And then they realised they needed more time to finish it because it was quite a long story. So they ended up knocking out all the Knuckles bit, uh, releasing it as Sonic 3 with the proviso that they were going to release another game later. And then when they did Sonic and Knuckles, they made it so you could clip them together and they became the game they should have been from the start. Uh, But it wasn't a lot of time. I mean, it was February to October, so they didn't give themselves much more time to work on it. No, and when you consider they'd had two years already to work on it from Sonic 2, I I don't see why they didn't just go, do you know what, we'll wait for Christmas sales. Because, I mean, who's going to buy it in February rather than Christmas? And, And the weird thing is as well that we got it first. So, like, Europe and... America got it before Japan did, which is not usually the way around it goes, is it? So yeah, that was another strange one because Japan didn't get it until much later. Let me just have a look. So yeah, Japan got it in May. Like even Australia got it before Japan. So Japan got it in May and then by October, everyone got Sonic and Knuckles. So yeah, it, it makes you wonder why they didn't just wait and do it all as one game ready for Christmas because like you say they'd already missed Christmas 1993 so why not just hold it back it, it it's a bit of a baffling one maybe they just really wanted to get something out and not leave it two years but yeah strange one apparently the release in the United States was uh, the pre the fact that the US got it first um, and Europe was due to the marketing so apparently they mm. spent 20 million marketing it in the US just to push the sales through on it. So I think they obviously went with the bigger market mm. rather than and put all the emphasis into that. But yeah, like you say, it's really unusual that particularly Australia, I mean, Australia gets everything last categorically, yeah. even though they're a PAL region or they were a PAL region, they used to get everything like horrendously late. I mean, I think they had to wait about two years for Mario Galaxy 2, which is mm. ridiculous. So it came out over here and, in, and came out in Japan first, and then they literally had to wait two years be- without importing before they even got a standard release of Mario Galaxy 2. I mean, I know they've got, like, really, really... They're a proper nanny state. They've got super strict, um, like, gaming regulations and stuff like that, to the point where there have been that many banned games in Australia. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I remember you saying, we discussed it the other day, didn't we, that just, yeah, that even the tamest of things doesn't seem to get through over there. I assume they never got, like, or they didn't get the stick of truth for quite a while. Because, I mean, we had difficulties getting that over here, didn't we? Because Germany weren't happy with it in the EU, so we got a, like, doctored version in certain parts of it. It just, it annoys me, like, that one group of people can decide what what is right for everyone else. Like, just if stick an age rating on it and then leave it to people's discretion as to whether they want to buy it or not. Don't decide for me whether I can see a, I don't know, an alien anal probe scene or whatever it was that ended up getting cut out of the, the EU one. That's my choice, whether I want to see that or not. Surely I've got eyes, I can just close them. <laughs> Particularly when they don't ban South Park as a program and let's be yeah. fair it's far more graphic than any video than any video game they'd be able to make i mean i don't know stick of truth had a few bits in it there were but that, that's the thing like there's bits that are left in 
that I think are closer to the bone than the bits that they took out. It's just like they took it out for the sake of it. Like, And it wasn't even like, because when I first read that, it was like, oh, Germany have kicked off and they're the reason that things are getting censored. I was like, it's South Park. It's probably going to be like Nazi related. And that's why they're not happy with it, which sort of makes sense. And then they're like, oh, no, it's an anal probe scene by some aliens. And I was like, why? When you look at the other bits that are in the game, what sectioned that bit out for them and made them decide that they couldn't put that in? And they actually left the Nazi fetus bit in, which is yeah, just exactly. bizarre. So, no, I don't like that. I don't like when like a small governing body decides what is good for everyone else. Fair enough, age ratings, that makes sense, because that all came about from sort of a load of lies as well, didn't it, When back when the ER, ESRB thing came in? Politicians were claiming that killers and stuff were being created because of video games, which is obviously not true, because you've got to have a seed of something in you to to encourage that, surely, because the amount of games we've played, I've never gone out and killed anyone, I don't know about you, I assume not. And I, I would assume that the majority of serial killers and just murderers in general throughout history have not had access to video games, to be quite fair. So it's <laughs> yeah. it's not like it's the thing that's triggered it. Are you trying to say that Adolf didn't have GTA <laughs> Munich or whatever it is? <laughs> play, play through that one <laughs> when he was a youngster. But yeah, there it goes just, the it German make... demographic. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It just... It, it annoys me, and uh, I'm sure we'll moan about that in future episodes. But yeah, luckily Sonic didn't fall foul of any any banning that I'm aware of. But yeah, it's just strange that they'd release Sonic 3 in such a way and then have to... Because I presume they spent £20 million on it because they had to, because it wasn't Christmas. So they needed another way to push people to buy the game. So yeah, it's a bit of a baffling one. But it was a good game in the end, and it's one one that I've got a lot of memories playing on the PC. And I think it's one of the few Sonic games where I actually played it all the way to 100%. So I got all the Chaos Emeralds, all the uh, Master Emeralds, and I unlocked I unlocked Super Sonic, Super Tails, Super Knuckles, then Hypersonic, Hyper Tails, and Hyper Knuckles. And the latter of the two are so much of a letdown. Because I love Supersonic, I love the fact that he goes from blue to yellow and his whole sort of character model changes and it's a completely different experience. Then you get Tails, who just starts flashing and some flickies follow him around. And then you get Knuckles, who just like glows a bit from what I remember. He sort of goes a bit silvery and like strobes a bit. I was like, how hard would it have been to just palette swap these? Fair enough, you don't even have to do a redesign. Like, Supersonic's got longer quills, hasn't he? And he does different animations and stuff. Fair enough if you can't be bothered to go to the effort of doing that for them. But at least just change their colour. Like, they could have made Tails, like, I don't know, what? Turn him... Well, Knuckles was sort of a pinky red, wasn't he? Turn Tails, like, green. I don't know. And then, like, turn Knuckles yellow. Or same as Supersonic, or just or make them all yellow to sort of follow suit, but don't just leave them the same, just with a bit of flashing. Like it's basically like the you know the invincibility thing you get for Sonic, where the stars go around him. It's that for like yeah. Super Tails, Super Knuckles, Hyper Tails, and Hyper Knuckles. And I remember putting so much effort into unlocking them, and then being like, "This is crap compared to Supersonic. I should have just stopped there." 
So yeah, that was annoying. But other than that, I really do like those games. The levels are really well designed. They don't harp back to the old ones quite as much as has become the thing for Sonic games. So you get a Sonic game these days and you know it's going to have a Chemical Plant reference and a Green Hill Zone reference and probably two or three others that have fell into the other later games. Whereas that, it, it had like a fun fairy level, which was similar to the Casino one. But other than that, it seemed to all be its own thing. Like, um, I suppose the first level of Sonic 3 is jungly, so it's a bit Green Hill, but it's more like a jungle. And then you've got the first level of Sonic and Knuckles, which is the one where it's like a mushroom forest. And I really like that level because it's a bit more toned down and you can there's a lot of new mechanics, isn't there? So you can bounce on the mushrooms and there's those handrail things that will spin you around in loops and stuff rather than you running around them and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the the difference. And I think there's a level set inside like a an Egyptian tomb, isn't there? And things like that with the sand that moves about. And it just seemed really clever, like they put loads of effort into it, which is probably why it took a couple of years compared to one to two to develop. So I've got a lot of time for three. I'd, I think it, personally, I think it should be higher than 75. I assume the Retro Gamer list is putting Sonic 1, cause, just to go through them, Sonic 3 and Knuckles is at 75, Sonic 1's at 28, and Sonic 2's at 14, which I think is the right way round for Sonic 1 and 2. I'd argue that Sonic 3 and Knuckles should be higher than Sonic 1 based on quality of game alone. But I assume they've based it on the impact it had on gaming and and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that. But at the same time, Sonic 1 was like the benchmark. It started like the whole having to have a cutesy character as a mascot for a gaming series. Because from that, you got things like I mean, Bubsy the Cat. Um, yeah, <laughs> probably best not dwell on that one. But you've got things like Croc, you've got Crash Bandicoot and things like that because of Sonic. And people yeah. try, and companies trying to compete with the little blue furry git. Yeah, because Mario was a mascot, but he wasn't like a... I suppose he was a marketable character. But I think you'd have an easier time selling a plush of Sonic and Tails than you would a plush of Mario. It's a lot more, it lends itself more to the marketing side of things, doesn't it? That character rather than the Mario character. And Mario's done it now with the, like, you've got Toad, you've got Shy Guys, you've got Goombas that are all a bit more fit as a toy or fit as a, like a plush or something that you stick on the front of a t shirt. And then Mario's just become that thing because he's so iconic. But. Sonic was sort of designed with that in mind, whereas with Mario it was the other way around. Yeah, I mean, you say Sega, and your first th- the first thing that comes to your mind is Sonic. Whereas if you say Nintendo, yeah. you've got Mario, Link, Samus, Pokemon, you've got Kirby. Pokemon, you've got so much. Whereas Sega, literally, they didn't even have to market him. Really, it was just like a hedgehog in sneakers that goes really fast. Ta-da! And you sort of <laughs> yeah. go, yeah, fair enough, I'll buy it. And then when that was waning, oh, we've got a fox that's got two tails. Bingo, back back straight on the money again. And then, oh, that, that's waning a bit. We've got a pinky red echidna with boxing gloves. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. And then it's just... <laughs> I mean, they've gone a bit overboard with it now because there's just, like, every character under the sun they seem to throw out. But most of them are all right. I don't. I I know people like him, but everyone. I don't care for Shadow much. 
and I'm not over fond of silver because that just again seems a bit like a palette swap. Oh, we've got a, a white hedgehog now that can do a bit of magic or whatever silver. Can. I don't really know what he does. I think they were trying to be edgy for the sake of trying to be edgy with um, Shadow, to be quite honest. I mean, because they even did that little 3D game of him based on off the back of uh, Sonic Adventure, didn't they? Um, mm. And he had a gun, and it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you don't need to do this. <laughs> that is a bad game as well. Um, I got it for PS2, I think, for, like quite cheap. But it's the mechanic on it is just stupid like you can choose whether to be good or bad but sometimes you have to do the stuff that leans you toward one or the other to get through a level so you don't really have that complete autonomous choice because it's like well i've no choice but to take out these agents which will lean me towards one way but i need to do it otherwise i can't progress and i think the only saving grace of that game is that it's actually quite valuable now because i don't think that many people bought it so if you've got a copy of it get it sold because it's it's worth quite a bit and it's not really worth keeping hold of. But yeah, they went they went overboard with the characters probably around Sonic Adventure time, I would say. They'd gone a bit wild on TV, hadn't they, with some of the cartoons introducing like loads of characters. So they introduced because there was three cartoons, weren't there? There was the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon, which was my favourite because it's stupid and really childish and like quite badly animated but it's quite endearing at the same time and it's it's quite faithful to the games I suppose because you've got Robotnik and you've got Grounder and I forget the chicken's name now and then you've got like Coco the monkeys in it who's one of the enemies from the game so that it's quite familiar when you watch it then there was Sonic Underground which was the environmental cartoon wasn't it where the Robotnik's like cutting all the trees down and stuff and this like little group of animals that are also in a band I think are trying to fight back against him and that's the one that introduced like his brother wasn't it and then that he never became a character they just dropped him like a hot sack of as soon as that tv show finished um and I think is that where Sally comes from that squirrel who's like still really popular but she's just not used anymore as well then what was the third cartoon? Because there was another one, wasn't there, that was like more serious, but it wasn't underground. I can't remember the name of that one. Jay in the editing room here. Just a little clarification over the Sonic cartoons. Sonic Underground was actually about Sonic and his siblings Manic and Sonia looking for their mother, who was forced to abandon them and go on the run when they were babies. Oh, and inexplicably they are in a band together, which features in the show way more often than it has any right to. Sonic the Hedgehog, often referred to as Sonic Sad AM, was the one that focused on saving the environment, and featured Sally the Squirrel. They are very similar though, and both have absolutely amazing theme music. But you had these three cartoons competing, and they all introduced newish characters. And then all of them got forgotten, pretty much. And then they did Sonic Adventure, where they introduced Big the Cat. <laughs> Amy Rose became more of a prominent character, because she'd been in... She's in the beginning of Sonic CD, isn't she? She gets kidnapped, but she wasn't really that much of a thing. And then Sonic Adventure came along and she became a much bigger character. Uh, Who else did they introduce in Sonic Adventure? The robot. The the robot, yeah, which doesn't really get... It's in a few other games, but it's not like a main character, is it? Then Sonic Adventure 2, you've got Rouge, who comes into it. I think by that point, 
I think had Cream been introduced somewhere else, not in that game, but maybe in a different game or she she was in a TV series or something. And then that's when it starts to really snowball and there's just new animal character after new animal character. And, and then you got Chaotix who had been introduced on the Saturn for Knuckles Chaotix. So you got Vector, Charmy, Mighty, the other one whose name I always forget, the chameleon one, Espio. So you got all them. So yeah, they, they were building out this huge roster of characters, but none of them were as endearing as the main three that started it off. And it just it diluted it a bit, didn't it? And at the at one point, it just got to be like, oh, there's too many people to keep track of. And I think that's what Sonic Frontiers that came out recently has done well. It slimmed it back to Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, Robotnik, and that's pretty much it. So it seems like they're going back to the characters they know people like more than bringing everyone and their uncle into it. Yeah, I mean, there was also the horrific misstep of Sonic dating a human girl oh, in one yeah. of the games. Uh, I think that's tried to be... People have tried to like erase that from their memories because it's pretty... Um, it's uncomfortable to watch. Is that Sonic 06? I th- yeah, I think the, it is. The, the one that's horrific anyway. So <laughs> yeah. luckily, luckily, the one where they did that storyline, the gameplay is that bad that people only remember it for the bad gameplay and not for the fact he was dating a human. But yeah, they've they've done weird stuff like that, haven't they? Even in the good, in inverted commas, Sonic games, they've brought like human characters into it, even though they've already got like a human character in Robotnik, but he's not. He doesn't look like a proper human, and then all the other ones do. It's a really strange setup that they've got going on for that. It's almost like in Mario Odyssey when they've introduced humans, but Mario's a human, but he doesn't look like the (laughs) other humans anymore. He's just a malformed species of hairy pygmy (laughs) or something. Yeah, because, I mean, even Daisy in Mario Odyssey is like... Pauline, sorry, she's the... Pauline, yeah. Who was in... mayor. It was the mayor who has the same proportions as all the other people, but she was in Donkey Kong. She, that's who yeah, Mario yeah. rescues from the original Donkey Kong or Jumpman, as he was known at the time. But yeah, and it's just like, why is she a different proportion to him? I mean, Peach is slightly taller than him, isn't she? But she's in proportion to him, just yeah. about. And then you've got these like full-size human beings in, in a city that's clearly not set in the real world. Because it's just got like sheer drops surrounding it all the way around, so it's floating in the air. So it's not like you could even go, oh, Mario's crossed into the real world, like in the first Mario Brothers movie. Because it's not the real world, because there's too much like otherworldly about it. But then there's real human beings in it. It's just, it's absolutely bizarre. And yeah, Sonic's done that its fair share as well. I think even in Sonic Adventure, there's just real people stood around, isn't there? When you traverse the city and then... Just nobody seems perturbed by the fact there's a talking blue hedgehog and a fox that can fly a plane, like in the same environment. It just it's bizarre. But no, there's there's been some bad games as well. So we've covered Sonic Three and Knuckles. Sonic Two, I think, is objectively the best Sonic game, rivaled probably by Sonic Mania recently. I'd say it it comes close in in that regard. And then Sonic One is good because of what it created I think, but it's not objectively the best Sonic game. But yeah, to look at bad Sonic games, I think we've we've touched on Sonic 06 which is 
there's not much good about it. I mean, it looks nice, I think. I think the level designs are quite nice, and that's probably as much as you can say, because the control scheme isn't great. The load times are absolutely horrendous. It's like a good... You're talking five minutes to load some levels in. It's got real humans in it that you can go around and talk to, because they made it a little bit RPG, didn't they? You can go and collect things that, that boost you your skills and all that kind of thing, which doesn't lend itself to a game where you want to go fast when you have to go around talking to people and doing fetch quests for them and that kind of thing. But yeah, it just plays badly. Like there's certain bosses on it where you can just get stuck in a loop where they just hit you over and over and over again and you can't recover from it. So if that happens, that's it. You just have to die and then start again. And it just, I think there's a good game in there somewhere. They just didn't do a very good job with it because people have tried to fix it, haven't they? There's a project ongoing to fix Sonic 06 and the bits that they've released aren't bad. So I think there was a good game in there. It just didn't have a long enough to develop it and maybe the right people doing it. I don't know, but that's up there. I think Sonic Boom's up there because that was just a glitchy mess. Like The storyline's not bad and I don't think the gameplay is terrible. But it just it was rushed, I think, wasn't it? And they just didn't finish it, essentially. So there's frame rate issues, there's glitches, there's bits where it just doesn't trigger the next bit of the game and you're stuck in no man's land and have to restart it. And I don't like the character models in Sonic Boom anyway, but that's a different argument. I just don't think they look particularly good. Why Sonic's got rags wrapped around his arms and knuckles like five times bigger than everyone else all of a sudden and that kind of thing, I just don't get. But that's a contender. Um, Sonic R, I'd say, is probably up there. Yeah, Sonic Unleashed. The Sonic that tried to be God of War. I've never played... Oh, I have played that. I played the demo of it, and I didn't hate it. And I think it's fairly well-received these days. But I remember when it came out, it didn't get particularly good reviews or anything, did it? Because it, isn't there a lot of transformation scenes? So you like it breaks up the gameplay to turn you into a werewolf, basically. Or yeah, a so sorry. It's like your witch again doesn't make any sense because it, it, it's a complete misnomer. Because where is man? <laughs> um, not. <laughs> it doesn't mean changes into. Um, but yeah, aside from my pernickety uh, grammar Nazi uh, penchant there. Uh, but yeah, the levels have like a day night cycle in them. So you start off in the day, and as it gets later in the day, you transform into the warehog, and it literally stops gameplay and will make you watch like a 30-second transformation scene before then turning it away from this high-speed, high-octane um, racer thing into essentially God of War, because his claws extend and his arms flail out in front of him like the chains from um, Kratos, and it's just like... You didn't need to do it, really. I'm I'm not a massive fan of most 3D Sonic games, I have to say. I like Adventure and Adventure 2 because they're not... I don't so much like the Sonic parts of them because I don't like these levels where it's practically an auto-runner and you just push forward and then he, if, every so often you have to home in on a couple of enemies and then you push forward again and then eventually you get to the goal. I much prefer like the the knuckles one where you're hunting for treasure, and the tails ones are a bit slower, aren't they? Because you're in the mech and that kind of thing. And the the big ones aren't great, to be fair. Trying to find froggy, but 
for some reason, I like those games. I think the KO Garden was a big part of it because I, I like all that virtual petty type stuff. So that kept me engaged. But yeah, the Sonic levels in 3D where it is just run towards, like away from the camera as fast as you can, I've never liked because they feel really imprecise. Like the amount of times you hit jump and just go headlong into a pit or a void because you didn't hit it exactly when they wanted to you to. And that's a problem that follows them all the way through, even in Sonic Frontiers, on those small bits of the game where you're doing those more traditional 3D levels. The amount of times you go in for a speed run and you hit jump at just the wrong time and you flail off into the abyss and have to start it all again is so frustrating because you might be on the perfect run and because you've not hit jump exactly when it wants you to you either overshoot something massively or undershoot it and yeah i just don't don't care for that but in terms of the bad games again i think we've mentioned before sonic of the black knight wasn't the best received game either i don't think it was awful again but it was just they didn't stick to what sonic is did they and then that's when it goes wrong uh sonic 4 i think is the weird one because it's doing what Sonic does well, but it doesn't do it well. And that's the, the biggest insult, I suppose. At least the other games, you could say, oh, they were trying something new and it didn't work out. This is what should have been automatically a good game, and it's just not for whatever reason. I think the controls are a bit crap, aren't they? And the level design's not great. And Yeah, I think if I remember rightly, the good Sonic games lately haven't come from Sonic Team. No. So Sonic Team, are well, as soon as they get involved in it, they just seem to mess it up and they mess it up badly, which is weird because it's their own damn franchise. But Sonic, was it Sonic Origins that was that had all the remaster levels in it that was really well received, but then as soon as they started trying to crowbar the 3D ones in, it was just like a an experience in migraine-inducing... I think the problem with the 3D thing is I get the whole gotta-go-fastly, but it, it, it's too damn fast for you to keep yeah. up with what's happening on the screen. I think it was Sonic Generations, wasn't it, that was received yes. really well. Sonic Origins, not so much. So Sonic Origins was just the remasters of all the old games, but they've not really done anything to them. They haven't made them look any better. They've just packaged them all together. And you sort of think, well, this has been done on like 10 different Mega Drive, Mega Drive collections, on the, the, Master, the Mega Drive Mini, on a Sega collection on PC. These games have been done so many times. What is new about this? And I got suckered in by it. I paid like 40-odd quid for it. I'd misunderstood the brief, clearly, because I thought it was going to be like Sonic 1, Sonic 2, but with the graphics of Sonic Mania. And it's not. It's just the original games. I don't know what they've done to them because, to me, it looks no different. You can put scan lines on it and stuff, and that's that seems to be it. So, yeah, weren't impressed with Sonic Origins. Sonic Generations was brilliant uh, for what it was. I know everyone loves that one. There's bits in it that I don't care for because, again, it's got the 3D levels in it that feel a bit more of a chore than the standard ones. But I do like the fact that they acknowledge that they used to have this pudgy little Sonic that was a lot cuter, and then all of a sudden his his legs and arms went longer, and he turned into this weird thing that we've got now. And same for Tails, because if you look at the original te- uh, original Tails and the new one, he was a lot smaller and pudgier than he is now. So they acknowledge that, which I like. Then you got Sonic Forces, which was a strange old game. 
um, because it's still got the the past and future Sonics in it from Generations, but it doesn't really explain why. And then you can create your own character, which was cool. Like Sonic fans have obviously been wanting to do that for so long, and they put quite a lot of effort into that creator. It wasn't bad, but then the actual game storyline is just weird and a bit boring. And the game itself is another one of those where you can just go headlong into a pit through no fault of your own. And then, yeah, then they did Sonic Mania, which was not Sonic Team and was like the biggest hit of all time. But basically where Sonic 3 and Knuckles left off, Sonic Mania picks up the torch and it was a really good one. Um, And I'm actually surprised we've not had a Sonic Mania 2 yet because it was so well received. And it was a long time ago now. You don't realise how long ago that actually came out. I mean, it's like six or seven years, I think, now. Yeah, was it 2016? Something like that, yeah. Because um, I remember getting it, I got the special edition with the like Mega Drive that's got Sonic stood on top of it, and you got a cartridge with a gold ring hidden inside it and all cool stuff like that. And I've had that for ages now. That's the only reason I know how long it's been. Because you think, oh, Sonic Mania, that's not been out long. And then you actually look at it, and it's like, yeah, it was like mid-PS4 life cycle, I think. So it's been a while now. Then we got Sonic Frontiers most recently, which has got mixed reviews. Apparently it's the best-selling Sonic game of all time, which surprised me. Um, But yeah, I didn't mind it. It took a bit to get going, and it sort of doesn't feel like a full game for a lot of it. It feels a bit like busy work with a couple of Sonic levels thrown in. Um, I think just the way they've structured it, so it's literally... You're always searching for that next thing. So you start the game and you're looking for gears to then get into levels where you look for keys, which then lets you unlock Chaos Emeralds. And then when you get all the Chaos Emeralds, you fight a boss. And then it does that really annoying thing of you beat the boss with all the Chaos Emeralds, go to another island and all the Chaos Emeralds desert you, and then you have to do the whole thing over again in a different location for no real reason, which is a bit annoying. But the storyline in it, once it gets going, is really quite endearing, and you find out a lot about these little rock people that inhabit the locations that you're in and how they relate to previous Sonic games. And there's a lot of fan service in it. It harks back to... It'll it'll show a clip at one point of when Robotnik stole the Master Emerald from Angel Island and stuff like that, and it links it all together. But there's also this subplot of Robotnik being trapped in this like other dimension and one of his creations trying to get him out. And there's actually like a really touching relationship between the two where you can see almost cares for like a daughter, but she's just all logic because she's just a robot. So she's like, this is the most logical way to do things. And, And she suggests that he needs Sonic to help him get out and he's dead set against it because obviously they're mortal enemies. But she's like, no, this is the most logical thing to do. And then you see that there's this real bond. And it's, you wouldn't expect to get that kind of empathy for the main bad guy in it, but you do that's how they build it up and it's quite well done so yeah i enjoyed frontiers and i thought it was a a decent ish game if not very repetitive and it does things wrong but yeah it's it's not bad by any stretch and that's sonic team so maybe they're on on the right track now um the thing that surprised me about frontiers was the the graphics for it cuz they've gone with like an ultra realistic uh, setting so all the backgrounds look sort of 
they wouldn't look out of place really in like Gears of War. So it's mm. all very sort of futuristic, but also a lot of buildings. And then you've got this little cartoon hedgehog in the middle of it all. And I just think that there's a dichotomy there that they don't need the best graphics. Sonic isn't one of those games that should sell itself on graphics. Pretty it up, make it smooth, make it cartoony. But there are so many games that have done better with just by basing it off cel-shaded graphics, for example, Wind Waker, prime example. It yeah. didn't try and be cutting edge, and it was more endearing because of it. I know it got absolutely trashed at release, did Wind Waker, and we'll talk about it when we come around to it in the list. But yeah, I think Sonic is one of those franchises that you can pretty it up and you can smooth all the polygons off and stuff like that. And that's all you need to do. Just make the gameplay good. And they just seem to be hell bent on, let's give it the most cutting edge graphics. Let's make it faster. Let's make it this. And it's probably what's pulling the series down, to be honest with you, because there's only so fast you can go before your eyeballs burst. Um, (laughs) And you can't keep up with it. And you don't need pretty graphics to sell it. That you've got an existing fan base that will pay for a good Sonic game, and at the minute you just keep disappointing them time after time after time. And I think that's why Mania did so well because it's traditional controls, but it looks brilliant. the The guy who designed it is a huge Sonic fan, isn't he? So he knows what he wants as a Sonic fan, and that's what he gave people in Sonic Mania. He gave them original controls very similar to original level designs, about 50% nostalgia levels and 50% new levels. So you get something for both, people who want to look back at the old ones, but people who want something new. It just hit all the right marks. And yes, like you said, Sonic Team don't seem to be able to do that. I mean, the two issues I had with Frontiers, the two main issues, one, the enemies are weird. So like they don't fit in a Sonic game whatsoever. They're all like ro- they're robots, which does fit in with a Sonic game, but they're not like cutesy bugs and wasps and chameleons and like robotnikish robots. They are like big lumps of metal. So like some of them look similar to the guy with the pyramid head in Silent Hill. Similar design to that, as in like they're a big triangular faced metal thing with like blades for arms almost that come after you. And all the bosses are big metallic robots with not much color on them and not much design. They're just hunks of metal and it just doesn't fit for me. And I understand that they're not meant to be enemies made by Robotnik, so therefore they're not meant to be these cutesy bugs on tires and that kind of thing. But for me, they just felt really out of place in a Sonic game. And like you say, because they'd gone with the hyper-realistic locations. And these enemies are meant to be related to these titans that you fight at the end of each level, which are like huge... This is why you have to collect the Chaos Emeralds, because you have to be supersonic to fight them. Because they're that big, you have to fly into them and attack them. And that makes sense. But yeah, I don't like the enemies. And the other thing I really don't like about it is... Every time you do one of these puzzles, because the whole level is just scattered with puzzles and they're all a bit different, and they range from something as stupid as running around a a patch of grass, because Sonic's got this thing where if he makes a circle with the trail that he leaves behind, he can activate this power and it 
it kills the enemies that are in the middle of it or it will spawn some rings or that kind of thing so some of the puzzles are as simple as surround a bit of grass and do this power and it'll cut the grass and you get a whatever it is so it can either be a cog to get into one of the levels you have to collect so many tokens to be able to talk to whatever character is in that level so tails knuckles amy rose whoever and then there's other collectibles that you need to get into other things it's a very banjo kazooie-esque there's loads of different things to collect and you need to go out and collect them all and at some point you're doing these puzzles every time you do one so another example of one is uh, there's like a grid of like it starts off three by three and they get harder and harder and some of the tiles light up and you have to turn all the lights off without leaving the lit tiles so it's like a puzzle you have to work out a path round to be able to turn them all off without actually stepping off any of them which is hard when you're playing as a character that goes really fast because you have to make very precise movements but that's beside the point every time you do one of these puzzles it unlocks a bit of track to glide across because Sonic can grind on all these railings and things. And the point of it is that as you do these puzzles, it links up areas on the map. So if you want to go to the northernmost tip of the island and you're at the southernmost, in theory, if you've done most of the puzzles in between the two, you can jump on one of these grind rails and it gets you up there really quickly because you can whiz up there on the grinding rails. The problem is they go all over the place and they go upside down and inside out and all around. And sometimes you'll be like, right, I want to go the direction I'm facing. There's a grinding rail that's going the direction I'm facing. Perfect. And you jump on it and within two seconds it doubles back on itself and you're at the other side of the island where you didn't want to be. And that happens all the time in the game. And it's like, I wish you'd just put a fast travel in. And there are there's two points of fast travel on the map and that's it as a rule or two or three you can fast travel to these elders where you can trade stuff in and that's it and all the rest of it you have to navigate by either running on foot or using these grind rails but there's a lot of parts of the map where it's floating up in the air so you can't get to it without grinding up to it or jumping up a big random course of things and yeah navigation becomes a bit tedious when you're say you found tails on this floating island but you don't have enough of his tokens to talk to him yet so you go off and collect some more and then you have to do the whole climbing bit to get back up to where he is to talk to him. And sometimes it's irrelevant. He'll just talk a load of nonsense that doesn't progress the story. And But you never know whether it's going to be one of them or one that you actually need to do. So, yeah, there's bits like that that feel like padding. Like, oh, get him to climb all the way back up again if they've not got enough medallions to speak to Tails and all that kind of thing that I didn't get on with. But other than that, I didn't think it was the worst game. Some of the enemies are really fun to fight because they all have their own mechanic to beat them. So some you have to run around in a circle, some you have to climb up them. Some of them you have to, like, counter their attack and knock them into a wall and all that kind of thing. So they've put a lot of thought and a lot of effort into it. I just think there's a couple of missteps in there that, that could have been better. And then, yeah, the other element is that it's like a they've done RPG elements to it again. So you can collect enough of these little stone Korok. They're basically those things in Zelda that give you the seeds in Breath of the Wild. They're even called something very similar. I can't remember exactly what it is, but they effectively act the same. Collect enough of those and trade them to their elder, and he will either increase your speed or increase... I think you shield or something like that, and it goes up in levels from 1 to 99. And I think when I finished the game, my speed one was like 7. I'd like made no like advancement in one of them, because they're so hard to like collect enough to get these points. It just didn't 
it wasn't worth doing. I didn't need to go any faster. I was quick enough for me anyway. And there's actually a slider in the settings where you can turn your speed down if it's going too fast for you. So they obviously knew this was an issue. Like you said, you can only go so fast before it hurts your eyes. And there's actually a setting that basically says, I want to go everywhere at half speed. <laughs> so if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, then I don't know what does. Uh, that is really bizarre that <laughs> they'd put a setting in that allows you to reduce your speed, but then give you a mechanic that enables you to incrementally increase your speed. It's just like, well, if you put that in as a base setting, you know the base game's too fast, let alone everything <laughs> yeah. else. It's actually something that comes on when you first start the game. It's like, do you want to go full speed or half speed? So yeah, bit of bit of an odd one. It's probably because um, they're very conscious that the majority of Sonic fans these days are pushing 40. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah. best slow it down for granddad. <laughs> We've heard that Jay can't even play Portal without getting ill. We'd best slow Sonic down for him. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's I liked that one. And just going back to my route, so for the Game Gear. The majority of the Game Gear games weren't bad. Um, to say that they are very screen-crushed and and they're not obviously ever going to be as capable as the Mega Drive ones. So Sonic 1 was brilliant, but again, probably got a lot of nostalgia for it, and it's probably got its faults. Sonic 2 is horrific for Game Gear. It might be one of the worst games, because I was, I really, when I was younger, Tails was my favourite character, before Knuckles came into it. Tails was always my boy. And I saw Sonic 2 coming out, and on the box for the Game Gear, what can I, I'd already known that you could play Tails in Sonic 2, on the Mega Drive. Box for Sonic 2 on Game Gear came out and it's Sonic and Tails running along. So I think Sonic's hang gliding. I was like, oh yes, finally get to play as Tails. Opening cutscene, Robotnik kidnaps him with like a big pincher. And then the whole game is you just Sonic again, which I wouldn't have had too much trouble with. The boss for the first stage is practically impossible. And I say this as a full-grown adult now, I still struggle to beat this boss, right? As a kid, I had no chance. So the first stage is like, I don't even know how to describe it. There's minecarts and stuff in it, and all the places made up of brick walls, and you can navigate through either smashing through walls or going over the top on minecarts. The first boss is a hill, so quite a steep incline. Bear in mind this is on a tiny little like three-inch screen. At the bottom of the incline is like a, a I don't know, like a prawn with pincers that, like, snips at you so you can't get too close to that otherwise you will die and then Robotnik flies off screen at the top of the ramp and starts dropping bombs that bounce down the hill so you can't ever get a standing position because the hill's always pushing you down towards the pincers the bombs come sporadically and don't ever bounce at the same height so like one of them will bounce massively up in the air and do two bounces one of them will come down like really small bounces one will be like three bouncers. So you've got to predict what's coming. And I assume there's a pattern, but my little brain back then couldn't figure one out. And then you've got to sort of try and run up and down this hill to avoid this. From what I can remember, there's no rings in that stage. So it is literally one hit kill. And eventually Robotnik will come down and you jump over him and he flies into the pinchers and gets killed. I think I did that about three times the whole time I played that game. And all the rest of it, I just died and stopped playing. And the, the levels after it are pretty good, but I could never get to them for this one. So I have a real issue with Sonic 2 on the Game Gear because it was just, yeah, it was nearly impossible to get to the rest of the game for me. 
I don't know, maybe it was just me, but I don't think it's a fair boss, that one. Uh, and the other thing that Sonic 2 does that's pretty harsh as well on Game Gear is if you finish it without all the Chaos Emeralds, Tails dies. <laughs> wow. So you you get the cutscene. If you get all the Chaos Emeralds, the cutscene is Sonic and Tails running along. Because the last level is really cool. It's like this Midnight Garden, I think it was called or something, and it's all like glowing hedges and stuff, and you navigate around them all. If you've got all the Chaos Emeralds, you escape with Tails, I'm pretty sure, and you both run off, and that's the happy ending. If you don't, it's just Sonic running along on his own, and then he stops and looks up to the sky, and the stars like turn into Tails, and then it fades to black. As someone who wasn't very good at getting the Chaos Emeralds, if I ever did get past that first level and get to the end, that was the ending I always got. <laughs> and as a big Tails fan, it was pretty depressing. <laughs> so that was the, the first two. And then there was Sonic Triple Trouble, which was brilliant. So that features the Triple Trouble is Robotnik, Knuckles, and I think he was called Knack the Weasel in that, but he's called Fang and everything else. So... Robotnik is the standard bad guy. Knuckles is the brainwashed version of Knuckles by Robotnik, who's trying to attack you because Robotnik's told him that you're the threat. And then Fang is the third, or Knack is the third triple trouble, and he's the one that's stolen all the Chaos Emeralds because he's like a bounty hunter-type gatherer. So you have to fight Knuckles and Robotnik at various points, but all the special stages are Fang, and you have to fight him in the special stages to get the Chaos Emeralds, and that one was really good. And then they did... Oh, what was the other one? The Sonic Triple Trouble, and Sonic Chaos was the other Game Gear exclusive. And that one, again, really good. You can either play as Sonic or Tails, and Tails is like easy mode because he can fly. But it's just really good level design, and there's a couple of mechanics in it that were never used in any other ones. So there's a level where you're up in a sky city, and Sonic can get like a spring attached to his feet, so he just bounces all the time. But every time you bounce on a block, it's a bit like the um, Mega Mushroom in Mario. You hit the blocks and you smash them. So you're bouncing along, and every time you hit a block, you smash it to bits, and you just have to keep going higher and higher so you don't fall to your death. So there was that, and then, yeah, there was a port of Sonic um, Spinball, which is probably better than the Mega Drive one, because it didn't have as many, like, the Mega Drive one's quite convoluted in what you have to do to get through it, whereas the Game Gear one's a lot simpler and streamlined. Still not fun, particularly, but better than the Mega Drive one. And then, yeah, we had Sonic Labyrinth, which was garbage, but Tails had his own game uh, called Tails' Adventures. And this game gets forgotten by everyone. And it's so good. It's such a good game because it's like a bit RPG-ish in that you have to go back into levels when you've got more skills to explore them. So it plays on Tails being the inventor, you know, because he's meant to have made that plane, the tornado or whatever it is that he flies, or at least maintains it. So you start off in Tails' lab, and you can unlock different mechanics. So you can equip up to two of them, I think, per level, and there's loads of different things. So there's like a boxing glove that punches enemies, like you shoot it in front of you and you can punch enemies. There's a little nano Tails that you can put through tiny little gaps to go and flick switches and that kind of thing to unlock more bits of level. Uh, There's a submarine. You can literally make a submarine to do the underwater levels. Uh, And there's loads. There's like 20 different things that you can make to make. They get like bombs, so you can throw bombs at enemies and bomb certain walls out. And you just have to keep going back into levels to progress further until you get to the end of the game and beat last boss. And that is a brilliant game, but it just never gets mentioned anywhere. 
And I think if that had been a Mega Drive game, it would have been a massive success. But because it was Game Gear and it had a limited audience and and it was towards the end of the Game Gear's life cycle as well, it just doesn't get much praise. But I reckon I could go back and play that again now because it was so much fun. Um, as long as you had a power plug to keep your Game Gear alive because you weren't getting it done on one round of batteries, I can tell you that. It was quite a long one. Yes, it seems But like yeah, it. that was... I was going to say, that's the Game Gear's lineage, I think. I don't think there were many others. There might have been... Oh, Sonic Drift Racing, which was your generic Mario Kart ripoff, which was all right, nothing special. Uh, I can't think there was many others. There was a Tails game, but it only came out in Japan, I think, where you're constantly flying up and down, and it's it's not good. I've played that one, and it's not fun. But other than that, yeah, I think that was it, and I had all these games, and I they were probably my most played games on it, because I, I was obsessed with Sonic at a a period. Oh no, there was one, there was a Sonic and Knuckles one that came out right at the end of the Game Gear's life and I didn't have it and it's horrible because it's like, you know, like Donkey Kong style sprites where it's like a 3D-ish, but it plays so slowly because they've used these sprites and they take up like three quarters of the screen so you just can't see what else has come in and it did, yeah, it didn't go down well that one. So I didn't have that one in my collection. But yeah, there's a couple of hidden gems which I think they've put on the hidden gems collection, you know, the ones that came out for like PS2 and stuff. They've put a couple. Sonic Chaos, I think, has definitely been on one of them. Don't know if Triple Trouble has, but that was one of the better ones. So, yeah, if you ever get a Game Gear emulator or anything, give those ones a go because they are very similar to original Sonic games and there's quite a lot of fun in them as well. Like I say, my, my, the extent of my uh, experience with Sonic has been 1, 3 and Adventure. Because uh, I bought, I I think I got a Gamecast, uh, Dreamcast specifically for Sonic Adventure, and it was pretty much one of the only good games on it, <laughs> really. It, and and objectively, it probably isn't. It's not the best Sonic game, is it? Because no. there's a lot of padding in there. Like it seems like you've got like six games in one, but when one of the games is a massive cat chasing a frog round, <laughs> trying to fish it out of a pond, <laughs> it, it's not the most fun thing in the world to do. But yeah, I think. There's probably just more good Sonic games than there is bad, but only just, I would say. It, it's probably very borderline these days, I would I would think. But yeah, in terms of the three we've got to rate, I'm going to struggle with this because I love Sonic, and I think it's it's going to be a difficult one to put into our list like and stay impartial. Well, I didn't. I didn't stay impartial with Majora, so don't feel any obligation. <laughs> so Sonic 1, I would pitch around the 70 mark 70 like 72 73 maybe i'd say that's fair. just because it's it's good but it's not brilliant do you know what i mean it's it's what started it all but if you play it now you can see that it's got its faults yeah it's a bit rough around the edges isn't it and they 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 improved on everything in two and three so yeah exactly so say 72 for that one uh sonic 2 that should be the highest rated one if we're if we're following everyone else's lead in terms of Sonic Two is the best one because I like Knuckles so much. I think Sonic Three and Knuckles is my favourite personally. If we if we're grouping them together as they have rather than doing them to two separate games, so they do have the ability to group very similar games together. They just <laughs> don't do it for everything else in the list. Uh, for me, I'd always put Sonic 3 and Knuckles higher than Sonic 2, but I don't know where you stand. I mean, you didn't have Sonic 2, so what does that I'd, say? I'd, I'd put Sonic 3 higher than Sonic 2 because I never had it, so... 
So I'd say Sonic 2 deserves like an 79, 78, 79. Fair. I mean, I'd, I'd push higher, but I don't want to go too higher with it because then I've already said I want to put Sonic 3 above that. I mean, we could go 80 for Sonic 2. I think that would be a, a fair score. So we'll go 80 for Sonic 2, and then Sonic 3, I'd be tempted to go with 90. Fair. I mean, you've got Knuckles, so that's immediately a number of points, because she can play as Knuckles. You've got Michael Jackson's soundtrack, if indeed it was him. You've got two games for the price of one, in air quotes, because it is two games together, or it should be, to, to make the what the proper game is. And then, yeah, it just... I just think they improved on everything from Sonic 2 again. They they slowed it down where they needed to because Knuckles is, in general, a slower character to play it with. So it gave you the option of you can either be super fast as Sonic, you can be Tails who can essentially cheat and just fly over stuff that you don't want to tackle, or you can be Knuckles who plays it slowly but also has this bit of exploration with climbing. And they also, I think, yeah, that was the game that introduced the elemental shields for Sonic. Well, for all of them. They can all use them, but Sonic uses them more than the others because he can, like, spark with them and things, can't he? So you got the magnetic shield, which draws rings in, the water one, which allows you to breathe underwater, and then the fire one, which allows you to, in very limited situations, like, absorb fire damage. Uh, and turn into a fireball if you're Sonic and sort of shoot across the level. So it did loads more, I think, and I think it warrants a higher score. So I would, yeah, I'd go 90 with that one. I think it's fair. It's not the highest one on our list so far, but... No, and it it does cut me a bit deep that Mario is still higher than Sonic because (laughs) Sonic will always have more of a place in my heart than Mario does. But, yeah, you can't really say that Sonic 3 is better than Mario 64 because it wasn't as groundbreaking. We'd already had two games like it beforehand. It's just a very good game, and it does what it does well. Yeah. So I think that's fair. And if Mario ever does a good... uh, If Sonic ever does a good 3D game, then you never know. It might go to the top of the pile, but at the minute, no. Uh, So, yeah, we've... I think we've covered Sonic pretty well. There's probably a million other things we could say about it. We didn't get to the movies, which we discussed before we started. But like you said before we started, a game franchise that hasn't done well for about 20 years now, not particularly, apart from Mania, to have two films that are really good is a testament to how strong the character is as as something that they can market. And the second film in particular, where it's actually based around Sonic and not like a buddy cop film, I think was was really good. So yeah, it's 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 an enduring franchise, definitely. And they do keep trying to shove it down our throats a bit with certain games, Sonic Forces and that kind of thing. But I think there's always going to be a place for Sonic. I mean, we've not even talked about like the Olympics games. As a kid, would you ever have expected Sonic and Mario to be in the same game? And then... We got like six of them or something ridiculous, and they were like shoddy button mashers as well. <laughs> I mean, I think from a logical perspective, I think it's slightly unfair seeing as Sonic can run at sort of hyper speeds <laughs> and Mario's just this sort of fat plumber. It's yeah, they never addressed it, did they? Like, why is Sonic not just smashing the whole tournament to bits? Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have took much to do a cutscene where like Robotnik puts him in like 
shackled boots or something that slows him down to normal pace. Yeah. But no, they're just like, yeah, it's fine. Whoever mashes the buttons fastest wins. That's how it works. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love the first Mario and Sonic at the Olympics game. But there's not a lot of meat in there, is there? Those games, it's like you've done it once, you've done it a million times, that's it. Yeah. But just seeing them share a game, I think, was what everyone wanted for so long. That that game could have been anything and it would have sold really well just to see them both together. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's why Brawl sold so well to Smash Brothers Brawl because that mm. was the first time they brought Sonic across. And there were rumours with like Melee and stuff like that when it was on the GameCube. It was like, oh, you can unlock Sonic. No, you can't. Um, but yeah, when <laughs> yeah. they eventually decided to allow him to share a uh, disc space with um, both Mario and Solid Snake... Um, that I think that's why Brawl sold as well as it did. Is Brawl the one with the hyperspace continuum or whatever it's called? That like really long-winded storyline mode. Yes. Yeah, I remember that one. I because I um I was I probably fell into that bracket that you just mentioned then because I was really desperate to play that game. So I um imported an American copy because it came out over there like a month or so, didn't it? Before we got it. Imported an American copy with one of those little boot discs that you put it in and you booted it up. And then literally a day after I got it, Nintendo released a patch that stopped boot discs working. Yep. So that was the whole reason I well, shouldn't really say this. That was why I homebrewed my Wii. Not to play knockoff games or illegal games, but to play the game I'd paid actual money for to Nintendo. That for some reason they just decided I wasn't allowed to play because I was in a different country. I mean, I kind of get the feeling that we are going to have to do a, a like, even if it's just a little sub episode on this, but how we've moved away from region locking things. Yeah. Because modern consoles now, you can play any cartridge, any disc from anywhere in the world. And I don't know where the whole region lock came from and why they suddenly decided, yeah, do you know what? It's not probably, probably not worth it anymore. Cause, no, yeah. because I don't I don't get any aspect of it. Because like you say, it's not like a, a marketing thing, is it? Because if you go, oh, this game comes out in America before the rest of the world, who's that encouraging to buy it? Because if you're in America, you're going to buy it anyway. And if you, no one in their right mind was going to go, oh, because Europe don't get it for a week, I'm going to buy it now. So like, who does that benefit? Just release it to everyone at the same time. Or, if you're going to stagger it, allow us to play their copy if we're willing to spend the money to import it into this country. Yeah, because let's be fair, the company still gets the money anyway. That's the other yeah. thing that baffles me. It's not like, oh, you can't uh, you can't play this game and we won't let you import it and use like a boot disc because it's a different company that's releasing it over in your country yeah. and they're going to get the money, not us. Nintendo, you're still getting the damn money at the end of the day. In fact, it's probably costing me more to you mm-hmm. to import it from America because you're going to charge me out the arse to actually import the damn thing from your site. So, And if, if the issue is also that a game is cheaper in a different country, so like Xbox, for example, games in Argentina are like a fraction of the price of what they are in the UK for exactly the same download on the on the store. If you're going to be underhanded enough to do that and charge us more just because of where we live, at least let us then play it if we 
have the ability to circumvent, which Microsoft do, to be fair. I don't, I've never heard of anyone getting banned for switching the region to Argentina on a VPN and then buying it, which is, I've done it for a couple of games where I've not been wanting to drop 50 quid on a game I don't think is worth 50 quid when it's 20 quid on their store. Uh, whether they'll start clamping down on that eventually, I don't know, but it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it should be a universal price around the world. Why is it cheaper for somebody who lives in a country to get exactly the same download as I can get on the same infrastructure? I mean, it probably costs more for them to host it for people in Argentina because I assume hosting and stuff isn't as readily available over there or they have to send it further from like an American server. So, yeah, I don't get that. It just... Same with region locking, it baffles me. That does sound like a good sub-episode. I'd also like to do a sub-episode where you uh, lick a Switch cartridge and tell everyone what it tastes like, because apparently they taste horrible, don't they? I, I've been there, done it, mate. Um, I think it was with... Is it that bad? Oh, it's awful. Honestly, it's vile. <laughs> it was... can't remember what it was. I think it was Zelda Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. It wouldn't yeah. work. It kept putting it in and it just kept saying... Um, cartridge not recognised. I was like, well, it, it's new. So, and I hadn't heard that they'd put <laughs> them in something. So, you know what you usually do, like, blow on it, stick it in. That didn't work. Uh, lick it. <laughs> Absolutely horrific. Because it lasts for quite a while, doesn't it, yep. as well? It's like, yep. it's like a taste that you can't get rid of for quite yep. a while. I've never been brave enough to try it because I'm like, I don't want to be stuck with that taste in my mouth. But yeah, that's uh, another one for another episode. So we've we've done Sonic to death, which Team Sonic have also done. <laughs> so we've we've followed in their footsteps. Uh, we've rated them all. So I don't think there's much more to say other than once again, thank you to our patrons, the Sweaty Llama, who is on the Bucket Kicker tier, and once again. <laughs> Lee on the couple of coins tier who sat there on his own. You get the shout out for this one again. So yeah, thank you for the support. We really appreciate it. If anyone else has joined in between us recording this and it actually going out because we're recording a little bit earlier for the next couple of weeks because uh, I'm going away. Apologies that we've not got you in, but we will pick you up on the next episode. And yeah, I think all that's left to say is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.